five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Home Podcast, your premier podcast to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I'm Chris at Lighthorse, the voice coming to you with only weeks to go in the air, joined virtually as always by new father, still new father, Omni Strife at Omni, or hey. Omni at Omni Strife, and uh, also a father, Jordan at Sir Dr. Jam. It's three dads on a show. It's been almost three weeks. Do I not qualify to be a veteran father at this point? <laughs> Have you been pooped on yet? Um, I I was um, you know, I was on the scene when this happened. I was not the recipient of oh, said the, gifts. The veteran card does not get delivered no, until such no, time no. as uh, that's true. Yeah, the the horror stories. I'm sure we could tell, but <laughs> I did get oh. the sniffles though. But uh, that's probably why I sound a little bit deeper than usual. It's a sultry, you know, like that's the thing about like when you get that sort of congestion, it adds some sultriness. Yeah. To Welcome to ready, set, pwn. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a different type of show. Yeah, it <laughs> does, doesn't it? The, uh, the fact that we're, we're goofing off already should give you an indication as to how much has happened in the last two weeks uh, as it pertains to uh, the Bank of Titans and Toronto Defiant, as well as the Overwatch League, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um it's been kind of slow. Slow, slow. That's the truth. Uh, so slow that uh, I have uh, turned my time back to the RSP Minecraft server. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's what we it, it sort of did last off season. And I want to say, is it two years now? But anyhow, uh, I bring it up at the top of the show because it is live. It's most uh, recently been refreshed. It's brand spanking new. If you want back in, let us know in RSP Discord. Uh, it's here for our community. So again, uh, just reach out to us and we can get you uh, whitelisted and get you all the server details. Uh, but uh, that's out of the way. Let's actually talk about what everyone's probably tuning in this week. And that is what's going on in the world of Canadian Overwatch. All right. Well, that was a good show. Talk to you guys later. Yeah. In two weeks. Catchphrase. <laughs> Moving the payload. Join me. So there hasn't been a whole lot of action. I mean, that's probably a good summary. The fact that uh, the Titans social media manager has been tossing back the Red Bull, I think. I mean, what's the sponsor angle there? Like, is it still Circle K? Because they have their own, like, energy drink. Do you remember what it was on me? We got cans Uh, of it. I'm I'm jealous suddenly. I don't know what it is, but I didn't get any of this. Yeah, well, you should have been part of the show back then. Yeah. I think that's what yeah, Sam did. He did, stuck around to get the freebies get a, and pieced out. A baggie from Circle K, but I forgot what the energy drink was. Yeah. I but still wear the socks occasionally. Classy. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. I still use the uh, the cups from Circle K. <laughs> I've got a few of those upstairs right now. In fact, I think I have the OG roster currently holding all the scrub brushes by the sink. Nice. Oh, perfect! Perfect. Oh, yeah, they're they're kind of good for that, right? Good oh, like, size for a bathroom cup. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Linkser frequently refills my dog's water bowl. I'll give you that much. <laughs> you know what? 
I'm glad links are still being put to work. That's true. He is every, every now and then I actually will pull out one and swap it. So before that it was roll for quite a while, but uh, okay. probably do for a refresh now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, when it comes to the Vancouver Titans, their social media um, account is like a steady stream of memes. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm not knocking it. I am glad they're active. They're engaging. They're having a good fun with almost all the teams. Um, but that's really all that's been going on in the world of the Vancouver Titans. We had that creator content workshop with Linkser. Um, mm-hmm. it was kind of neat. Um, but yeah, like there isn't, it, 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 there's not a whole lot, but then let's look at what's going on in Toronto. They're not signing new players, although, you know, Adam went and tweeted out the emoji and that prompted oh, uh, the conspiracy he? theorists. That was a few days ago. Yeah, but uh, oh. fool me once. Uh, I missed this. Shame, <laughs> shame on you. Fool me twice. I will not be fooled again. <laughs> As the quote uh, goes. Yes. The um, possibility exists that they'll sign someone. I, I don't know. Like I kind of get the feeling that the teams themselves have sort of reached a point where they like, they all have like, well, at least Vancouver and Toronto have their minimum that's needed mm-hmm. for January. But I, I really feel there is some desire to sort of flesh things out once they have a grasp on what they're actually going to be playing on. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. I was saying that before all the signings took place anyway. Yeah. That's, that's what makes sense. Right. Um, I mean, other teams would obviously disagree because they've announced full rosters and everything. But I, I would have thought that's what most teams would be leaning towards. Seems like more of a select few that might be. Because um, even you look at Houston and they've got five right. players signed, but they've got a couple notable gaps in, in the roles. But they're doing a similar thing, it would seem, right? Yeah. And it still seems like there's uh, plenty of talent out there that uh, no way that they're not going to be playing uh, in the next season. So maybe there's a negotiations battle going behind the scenes that we're not aware of who knows really. Well, yeah, we don't know. I'm actually skeptical that it's a negotiation battle. Cause I think if, if you were a player who has currently got multiple offers on the table, yeah. you've probably signed one of them by this point. Mm. I think now it's more teams are being shrewd and in, mm. in who they're looking to put on a roster, throw a contract at, um, and, was it a tactical crouch uh, uh, was it a couple of weeks back or maybe a week back they had talked about, uh, you know, player availability and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I was, there's still quite a few names. So again, I just don't feel that you, you negotiate from strength at this point. Uh, Axel was on that list. <laughs> brought a smile to my face. Yeah. So was Rolf. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just pulled up that, uh, an image that I grabbed from that episode on, on YouTube and it was, to be fair, it was best players available as ranked by the Tactical Crouch Discord. Um, so there's a bit of ambiguity there, but I think most of the people listening to Tactical Crouch are pretty hardcore when it comes to yeah. the Overwatch League, including the hosts, sure. obviously. Um, but yeah, certainly I think in at least the top four spots on almost every role, it's there's still some pretty decent players out there. Yeah. Um, certainly some names that, you know, wouldn't be a first pick. Uh, obviously most of the first picks are probably already signed. Um, but definitely not names that, uh, I would, you know, turn away from. So. 
The thing about that list, though, is that, and I sort of raised that point a moment ago, is there are many decent names. Like, yeah. if you're looking to build an entire team, yeah, you're probably a little bit behind schedule, <laughs> uh, to, to say the least. But you can put together a relatively decent team, I think, all things considered. Um, and if you are to then consider, okay, we need to get our number six signed or our number seven if we're going uh, to that extent. Again, I, I think you have opportunity in each of the the different roles. Um, the one question mark being how you approach tank, uh, considering you only get one in the 5v5 setup. But uh, that's we'll save that for another episode because uh, Toronto has been busy um, essentially promoting a variety of different community-driven events, one of which is happening this weekend. They're hosting at their headquarters in Toronto, an in-person event, which I actually found not only pretty cool, but also pretty epic. They have a full-on tournament taking place over the course of the weekend. Uh, They have a community challenge taking place. Um, They have a cosplay uh, contest going on. Um, Like The community tournament alone, they had had to double the number of entrants because it was so popular. Nice. Um, and it is very official. Like, uh, one of our, uh, our community members, um, and actually a Titans cord, uh, mod, uh, Samsung, he, he and a team are, are entered and they had to put together essentially a logo, a team name, a team, like Twitter presence, like social media presence. Like all of that was a requirement to enter. It wasn't just like RSP throws together six people and off we go. Mm-hmm. Um, his in-game name, Juicy Booty. I was going to ask <laughs> if you're going to shout him out in that way. Oh yeah, <laughs> with a with an in-game name like that. And I believe their team is called Booty Esports. Yes. Yep. I mean, Juicy I had voted for the you know juiciest booties, but yeah, <laughs> Booty Esports works. I also remember that there was uh, this one uh, segment by the Titans themselves where they picked out a random like player to. To, to coach on social media and juicy booty was selected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's part of, uh, uh, of the Canadian overwatch lore at this point. We, we played uh, with him too, uh, a couple of times. I don't really recall which yeah. event that was, but I definitely recall playing with him. Yeah. No, Sam, Sam, he's good, good people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a confident player as well. So like with a name, name like that. aside, <laughs> You know, that's, it's, it's essentially the, I would presume the name that was created at an age when you create names that you don't necessarily think beyond the few weeks in front of you. Um, but, uh, I want to point out something though, is that the Toronto Defender running a tournament where they had to double the number of entrants and still had a wait list. Mm-hmm. The Vancouver Titans ran a tournament where they needed us to try to go and bribe people to put together teams by offering them in-game sprays. <laughs> it's just an interesting, you know, comparison yeah. between yeah. The, the two operations. Granted, that's a Titans of old, but I would genuinely wonder if the Titans were to go and throw together a similar tournament now, if they could generate the amount of pop that Toronto has. And I don't think they could. <laughs> It's something that you need to work consistently on. So, Do you recall if there was a significant reward for being in the tournament for winning? 
Well, with Vancouver Titans, there was cash and an opportunity to play against the Titans team. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if that winning sort of match ever got played Mm -hmm. because if it did, the Titans kept it quiet, which seems odd. Unless, as the running joke was, could they have lost to the uh, winning entrant? Well, the, the team that won was essentially a tier two team. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we're, not, we're not talking like team RSP here. So you're, so you're saying we didn't have a chance really? No, man. Not we, even a little bit. We, we made the knockout stage by default. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I saw they're doing that though. And I think they have five grand on the line for, for the tournament, oh, yeah. right? So. It's and not then, uh, not an insignificant amount, certainly. Um, I'll, I'd gladly take it. Um, and yeah, the opportunity to play out of their headquarters and everything—that's I'd go. I'd go just to watch, you know. Well, the, I don't think the community tournament has oh, is played on site. I think because I, I mean that number of teams, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, that'd but, be a lot. But there is like a community event um, with Fran and I think Karkid that's taking place mm-hmm. uh, in in Defiant HQ. Um, oh, and yeah. that's not yeah, to be confused with the friend challenges. That yeah. Are so place. many not- notifications there's, from the discord. Oh my goodness. I'm going to say there's so much to keep track of that. I can't even keep them straight. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, but again, this is pretty cool. Like Toronto is. is really looking to find ways to engage its community, not only in Toronto, mm-hmm. but also outside abroad online. And I, you know, I'm kind of jealous that I can't go check out the Toronto HQ. Yeah. I mean, sure. I would, I would like to check out the Vancouver HQ, but I, I, they feel different. Mm-hmm. Certainly. I, uh, I remember there's not too long ago and it was before I started on ready set poem. So it was a little while ago now, but I remember they did release some video footage. And I think it was one of the first times we were kind of seeing this new facility area that, Vancouver was playing out of. Yeah. And I remember talking on, uh, on one man watch point, just about the fact that it was great to see. It was great to have the content coming out. It was, you know, great to see the team jiving and having fun and having a good time and seeing them putting a little bit of effort into this. But I was also a little underwhelmed in that mm-hmm. I saw the, the facility and I kind of thought to myself, you know, the company that I work for, the office looks kind of similar to that. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we have big blue walls and our company color is blue and we have some yeah. inspirational quotes on the wall, but it's kind of like, you know, they had blue and green, which is great again. Oh man. Y'all but, got inspirational quotes. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. You, you better believe it. We got I, our company values up on the wall and man, exciting stuff. <laughs> but you know, the, the point is like you compare that to, um, the facility that overactive media has put together for, all of the organizations under their umbrella (laughs) and it pales in comparison, you know, I'm sure the overactive media, um, I don't, I don't know what to call it. Their headquarters is not even that large. Like certainly it's a decent size space, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's huge. Um, you know, it's obviously not an esports arena, like the one they are building in Toronto, honestly. (laughs) Um, but you can see the, the care and the effort they put in behind that. Right. And it's impressive. That's for sure. Yeah. I I might be off to Toronto in February mm. with work. Again, Exciting. the key word is might. It's 
sort of beyond my control as to whether or not I'll be sent. But if I am, perfect weather um, I there will, at this time. Well, this is February too, right? So, <laughs> um, but if if I do find my way there, I will do everything in my power to see if RSP can get an exclusive sneak peek mm-hmm. that no one else will have received. Nice, because that's not like their whole scene at event this weekend that I think is sold out. So if you don't have tickets, I think it's too late to get them. But yeah. Um, I, I, we live in Vancouver and I actually don't know one, if they would even allow us to go in and look Two, I don't even know who to go and ask. And that might seem odd, but it's true. Like they're, they're the point of contact that we once had or points of contact. They're all gone. Mm -hmm. It's all new people. And I have reached out and I get silence from their outward facing, uh, contact so that's what it is i was actually about to ask have you have you just tried dming the account from from twitter because yes okay because <laughs> i with the the activity that you do see on twitter i would have hoped that they would be a little more engaging and receptive to that you know at the, at the very least there's you know there's there's no point in just ignoring someone all you, all you got to do is say a polite sorry i don't think it's going to work or yeah, i'll talk to someone and then never say something, <laughs> you know, something I, I agree. But I mean, what we've seen from the Titans, like they, again, you and if you're in Titans discord, mm-hmm. they actually have an ask Titan staff channel. That's true. That they selectively address questions in hmm. In fact, there was one where it's like, Hey, I'd like to get a job. Are you hiring? Mm. And I think two or three days later, I respond by saying, Hey, here's a position. <laughs> I don't even work for them. Yeah. Like it's, it's weird. Um, I understand they can't answer all questions and sometimes they might respond, but I, I actually feel that sometimes mods respond there. It's really, it's a weird dynamic. It's ask Titan staff, but don't ask like questions. And I think that's to be frank, when that channel was created was a far different time Mm. and what it was created for was a different purpose that I don't think anyone that is there today even, even knows about. So I'm not going to chastise the org for this. It's just, it's the tribal knowledge that has been lost over time because attrition has taken place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple notes on, uh, Toronto defiant though. Um, I am genuinely curious if any of our listeners are going to be there at the event, please let us know how it is. I'd love to hear all about it. Um, you can obviously shoot us a message on Twitter. You can, reach out to us in RSP discord. Um, I want to live vicariously through you. Agreed. So uh, please let us know all about it. And then uh, we did sort of briefly mention it in uh, a couple of weeks ish time. Uh, there's the Fran challenges with Yamong. Uh, that's on December 22nd. And uh, that'll again be just before sort of the holiday season uh, kicks in. There may be things as well that have happened between now and then, but I wanted to get it out there day because by the time we record our next episode you won't have a whole lot notice anywho enough of all that let's uh, dive into the fray
Yeah, so I mailed in the notes uh, this week, guys. I uh, I just copied and pasted the madness continues nothing <laughs> from LAV at all, which then threw Omni off, I think, because he saw that and he's like, dude, they've done stuff. And then it's like, oh, wait, you put that. Yeah, a little bit later down when I actually did the work. Uh, but the LA vacant are vacant no more. I mean, I they don't have a team. Yeah. They've got some coaches. Their Twitter account lit up. They found the password to that. <laughs> <laughs> Finally contacted Twitter support and they let them have the account back. Yeah. Maybe. Um, the one thing that has come out and is and this sort of goes back to what we were chatting about last episode. Like, how is this going to work next season? They've said they're staying in China. Yes, they did. Which leads me now to this path of, okay, so we're going to have the two regions, our Asia-Pacific region, our NA region, plus EU. Um, Does this mean Philadelphia is going to stay there? Does this mean New York staying there? Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's a weird scenario because if you're, you're really showcasing your cities within the Overwatch League, how does it help to have your like New York franchise essentially not be anywhere near New York for now? What? Three seasons. Yeah. Like Philly, I understand made the switch last year, but do you think they'd be keen to do it again? Just, the heck of it yeah i don't know if if there was no covid i'd think it'd be different probably Mm -hmm. now with events not even taking place uh in person or having like these uh homestands it's kind of different maybe yeah Um, but that also then gets me thinking that it might explain why New York doesn't have a team yet, or Philly is still running light. Mm -hmm. These are two teams that are maybe needing to go and still deciding. Yeah. Like, is it, do they know where they're playing? Cause you know, let's use Philadelphia as a great example. Philadelphia had a roster that they chose to continue to keep and pay while they tried to work through visa hell, Mm -hmm. which hamstrung them. Unlike the valiant who decided to go completely nuts. Mm -hmm. And start new with nobody <laughs> scrambled eggs. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. yeah, I uh, I think it's it's not surprising that Philly is having these delays, if you will, um, given what they went through last season and the last minute signings they had to make and everything because of the visa issues. Um. It would surprise me if New York doesn't stay there because they've always been a New York or a, sorry, a Korean focused team. Um, But I mean, I I also do wonder how much does it really matter? Um, You know, obviously the league wanted things to be very similar to traditional sports where, you know, you have homestands, you have teams playing in your hometown, you really get this local community support behind you. I mean, I think that's why, organizations like Canucks eSports bought into um, the Overwatch League in a lot of ways. And, you know, Seattle Surge and the Call of Duty League being their sort of sister team. Um, But yeah, I think Philly probably feels burned more than anything. Um, But if we look back to the first season of the Overwatch League, you know, everyone was based out of the same place. So does the regional location type of thing really matter that much? 
They wanted well, to, I, certainly. But at what point do you have to simply say, enough's enough? I'm not suggesting mm-hmm. you completely ixnay the regions per se. Mm-hmm. It's that when do the Excelsior become just the Excelsior or NYXL? Oh. When do you actually drop the sort of the New York component? Because you're right, they have been a Korean-focused team essentially from the get-go. And mm-hmm. that's not a problem. I'm not no. knocking them for that. Yeah. It just feels odd that you have a New York team yeah. that is moving further and further away from being a New York team. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that when we start looking at um, the rest of the league, I mean, you're right, you know, a Philadelphia, maybe they felt burned last year and now it's sort of this wait and see, but I can't imagine Philly wants to go through another season where they're not present because they had a strong presence within their city yeah um you know this is one of the few teams that was looking to build an esports specific facility which seems not to be happening any Mm -hmm. any longer which is again weird in some respect because they were shovels in the ground Mm -hmm. at the grand finals to obviously pandemic throwing a a big wrench into the works maybe like we we leave we live in the darkest timeline yeah. Maybe they just backed out because Toronto's going to do it better. Maybe. Maybe that's it. And what we're talking about is the esports facility, yes. not the. Yes, that's correct. Sorry. <laughs> we're talking about a couple different things. I just want to make sure it's yeah. very clear here right now. Um, Everything got canceled, anyways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact, though, that LAV has said we're staying in China completely throws water onto my idea that maybe they come back to LA. Maybe they centralize. Maybe they go to one place because, I mean, that. That's the first definitive-ish, and I say that loosely because LAV has shown the definitive doesn't actually mean much, <laughs> but that's sort of the way things are. Yeah. Anywho, um, what has happened since our last episode? Well, there's been one quote-unquote cut, and that's Washington. They cut Fury. Now, I use the term cut. I don't think it's clearly come out as yeah. to how his transition away from Washington has gone, whether it's a trade, whether it's a, a release, um, a retirement, uh, Washington justice implied that he wants to go to back to Korea. But now the belief is that he is being traded potentially to another team with Seoul being, uh-huh. you know, the team that gets mentioned most, but we do know, you know, is it possible that a, a Philadelphia fusion might be looking to, acquire the likes of a fury. I'm not saying they are, but you know, Philly is, if they're going to stick around in the Korean uh, peninsula, maybe there's a deal in the works. Yeah. I'm sure if uh, DK is traded, they're going to cut him as well. Um, I'm holding up the two fingers to, to to our listeners. Yeah. I I don't know. Like uh, you're going to talk about who they uh, chose to replace him. Well, fury, it's not the kind of uh, off tank you just like cut unless there is some sort of issue or, or uh, a deal to replace him with something at least, you know, uh, well, not replacing entirely, but I'm sure there are circumstances that they're not revealing to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the way it seems. Just given the relative silence from everyone else right now, how many things have already been announced. Um it, it would seem that something else is up here. Yeah. And I mean, well, yeah. Washington has been the one team where something else is up the entire off season. True. Like give me a team that has been in trade, like trade, not trade talks, but trade rumors the entire off season. 
Like I think many teams have been involved, but it's not because they're sending players. Mm -hmm. They're involved because they're trying to take someone from the Washington justice. Mm -hmm. Anywho. Um, speaking of additions though, uh, Hong Chao Spark have added Nico as an assistant coach. The Los Angeles Valiant, as we had already said, have officially added No Hill and Wu Hong. Uh, no Hill being a head coach, Wu Hong as an assistant coach. Um, what was interesting is their tweet shows three people, Cola being an assistant coach, <laughs> but they don't reference it at all in the actual tweet itself. And it's not referenced on the Overwatch League <laughs> official transactions page. So, I don't know. <laughs> Any other team, I would say, oh, it's just an oversight with the LA vacant. Vacant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit of a, seems like a little bit of a whoops. Um, well, they did use the official graphics, so it must be real. Yeah. True. I like their graphics. That's, that's for sure. They're Everything I've heard about No Hill is, uh, is seems to be that he could actually be a pretty significant addition for them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw there's a lot of hype surrounding him. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the talent that got picked up from very successful, uh, Chinese rosters. He was the guy at the helm. Uh, yeah. A lot of Chengdu players, for example, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they can do, especially given this late in the season. I mean, obviously we were talking before about how many players are still available. Mm-hmm. but just given again, how much we know about every other team with rare exception, you know, maybe London well, this, and New York being the exceptions, but, but like LAV being based in China mm-hmm. adds a whole level of intricacy that doesn't exist with teams based in Korea. That's a good point. When it comes to many names on that sort of tactical crouch list, mm-hmm. um, like there will be visa issues for anyone who is not a, a, a Chinese citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the context of sort of what we're seeing within our, the current geopolitical state to simply leave it at that. It's a good point. Yeah. A um, couple other additions, Paris Eternal, they added an assistant coach in Mobugi and then uh, the Washington justice have added Kalios to their roster. That's your fury replacement. Yeah. yeah. And seemingly I'd say a good pickup. Um, I think Kalios kind of came in at, towards the end of this past season on New York and seemed like, you know, maybe it's just a, that kind of honeymoon period, but it seemed like uh, things changed a little bit for them. Seemed like Calios made a bit of an impact, um, positive impact. So, you know, hopefully for all you Washington fans out there, this is a, a good thing. I mean, once again, looking at Washington's roster, that looks pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, their tank lineup, Hit scan flex um, main supports probably the only side I don't really know too much about. Just given they've got a rookie on main support and a rookie on flex in opener and vigilante, um, and I'm not too familiar with Krillin either. But I mean, I liked Happy a lot this past season over on uh, Houston. Um, Assassin as well was very good this past season. Everyone knows Decay. Um, yeah. And then tanks as well. So, well, I would say everyone knows decay, but does everyone know if decay will be in Washington? <laughs> Fair enough. Everyone knows decay's history in terms of his, uh, stellar performance when mm. he wants to seemingly, but 
Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. There's rumors around him too, right? Which we've talked about. Will Krillin uh, still have the mullet though? That's the oh boy real uh, thing I'm wondering about. Hey, now I got to look you, this if up. If you can rock the mullet and <laughs> turn it into some nice flow, I mean, it's a very, it. very strong uh, statement of a hairdo. <laughs> oh, I like. Um, it. I you know could not even grow a mullet at this point in time if I even tried. <laughs> so I, uh, he's already got an advantage on me. Um. You could get extensions I, for for like a mullet. <laughs> I don't even know my hair's long enough to get the extensions to work. Like I'd have to go if on a you full wanted, on mullet wig. If, if you truly want a mullet, I'm sure there are solutions out there. I could look like Wayne <laughs> or Garth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when we get together for our next episode, I would have to think we'll know who will be playing in Philadelphia, New York. NLAV, right? Like, I can't imagine mm. it going much beyond that. Like, we're, right. we have a January deadline, January 3rd. And if you, I mean, maybe this is the thing to consider. Maybe the deals are done. Right. They're just not yet announced. And technically speaking, as long as the league office has them, is there a requirement that you have to even announce it? Good point. The Titans, was it last season? essentially shared their roster a day after deadline or whatever it mm-hmm. was. Right. So. Yeah. Would be, would be interesting to see who's going to hold out because next episode will go live on the 22nd of December. So you're getting awfully close to people taking vacations for the holidays and, and <laughs> most social media probably going pretty silent outside of uh, scheduled tweets and things like that. And that will mostly carry until the deadline. So It'll be interesting, that's for sure. And RSP, because um, Chris here never takes a vacation. Never. Never. Ever. He's not allowed. Never. Well, never never left you on your own, either <laughs> last minute or in uh, pre-planned uh, True. circumstances. We'd, we'd just dock his pay if he, if he did. <laughs> <laughs> I dock my own pay, that's right. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, uh, other things that will happen the, I presume, um, winter uh, event will be live. Oh, good point. That should um, be coming soon. Shouldn't it? Well, I was actually <laughs> surprised we didn't see it. Yeah. Like as we're recording right now, um, it's not to suggest it doesn't happen tomorrow, Wednesday there. We've seen that occur from time to time. Uh, but if it doesn't happen this week, it would have to happen next week. And there is one thought that I had, and this is the A2VI angle. Oh. Vanguard is officially launching its Warzone map this week. Oh. And would A2VI potentially want to dilute the week with, you know, the crossover of Overwatch and Call of Duty players? Like, right. I don't know. It's just tinfoil hat me going on here. But I just. It, it's. I was just going to say, I just took a look at the 2020 date and it started on December 15th last, last year. Oh, okay. See, and it ran like, okay, I guess that it runs for three weeks. Does it not? I think so. Yeah. So that would take to January 5th. So, well, I mean, okay. So, so. yeah. So maybe next week we get the announcement. Um, Yeah. Or I, I would say tomorrow is probably about when they usually start teasing these things. They'll drop a skin or 
a little teaser video or something. Well, did you not see the, the teaser in the experimental patch? Arissa got a hat. That is true. That's a great point. It's a stylish hat as, too. As a segue, have you played the experimental patch? I've got to admit, I uh, haven't touched an Activision game in uh, a hot minute. That's for sure. Um, hmm. Yep. The well, so I have. <laughs> I, I I swallowed um, a little pride. And the experimental mode is fun. It's all sorts of stupid. <laughs> like so, Lucio, for instance, if Lucio drops his beat and happens to hit you when yeah. he does it, like on your head. That's an insta-gib. If May jumps off of a building and ice blocks and lands on you, that's an insta-gib. Yeah, those are some uh, Super Mario mechanics. <laughs> yeah, and like seeing like the the, the setups happen, like it, it it's pretty cool. I mean, it, I, there's people at first were like, oh my God, are they seriously considering some of these changes? They're going to go live? I think a few of them might. And I honestly believe in this experimental card They've actually masked some of the things they plan on putting in mm-hmm. with some completely crazy things. Like Hog, for instance, can now fly. Yes, I heard that. <laughs> right? With his alt. That's not coming in to production at any point in time. Ooh, I, I, uh, I kind of like it. <laughs> I'm not saying, I, uh, but, uh, but that they would not put that. Because, you know, like when you suddenly have Hog who's getting himself up to like, you know, some crazy positions without like, a, like another enabler yeah i can it see it starts like, to break the game would be sick to see like some you know the better like players just go up into orbit and hook a farah down or something like that <laughs> <laughs> actually that would be kind of cool um but not only that hook the farah and fall down the well <laughs> yeah with um, her down but then her right. cooldown starts to reset and she's going up <laughs> it's just a hop um, down the well the the fire strike from Ryan, mm. I like that. I mean, I want that to come into production. It's like I'm sniping people across oh. the map because it moves so fast. What about the Hanzo uh, scatter scatter? Oh my goodness! Yeah. Scatter coming back. I, I mm. well, it's not it's not here for scatter. <laughs> it's not the scatter we once knew, where you hit throw no, one arrow no. at the ground and it scatters a zillion different Oof, ways. That was good. It's the storm arrow. So you can sort of rapid fire, but when you hit the ground, off it goes. Like it mm. scatters. Scatters. So it's yeah. it's one at a time over a burst. Oh, I remember scatter because that's the only time when I like actually started playing DPS. I was very low in bronze, like uh, below one thousand. Then I'm like, oh, I actually can kill stuff <laughs> by yeah, you just exploiting the uh, scatter the, the feet. That's yeah. me. It's Aim like for the feet, throw it into a hole. It reminds me of Karate Kid, like uh, swipe the leg. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Chris, I I actually kind of agree with you. Um, I it's interesting because a lot of the chatter online has been obviously people freaking out about how ridiculous some of these changes are. I think the part people are missing is that it was a creator uh, creator led changes. So, which they're having a tournament for this weekend. Exactly. Too, so that's why some of this is happening, but what? I do agree with you. Like some of these changes, some of them are pretty much the overwatch two changes, Reinhardt being one of them with, you know, two fire strikes and things like that. Um, but when I looked at these, I actually, now I, I should mention, like when I say I haven't touched an Activision blizzard game, it's mostly cause, 
Uh, I mean, it's because of everything going on in the background, but I just haven't really felt like playing Overwatch or, or Call of Duty or anything lately. I've been playing some other games. But this, I do think, has some things that do sound like a lot of fun, and I wouldn't mind seeing them. One that I kind of picked up on that I really like is some of the Winston changes. So they have it so that um, Jetpack now deals up to 100 damage to enemies within four meters of your launch location. Yeah, which makes sense because exactly you're 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 shooting a jetpack to take off, and at a, 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 the weight that Winston is, exactly. if he can land with that type of power, yeah. there has to be a significant force to propel him yeah. up. And I was I was reading through some of these, and I was kind of I don't know brainstorming, if you will, on how they could use some of these, or maybe make slight tweaks to them. And I actually think it would make a lot of sense. This is, this is my, my tinfoil hat theory. I think it would make a lot of sense for Winston's jetpack to, um, have knockback when he takes off too. Cause you got to think there's some push when he launches and imagine Winston Mm. as a dive character dives in to a team, does a little damage and then dives out. And when he dives out, it actually pushes the team out, scatters them a little bit opening up new opportunities for your DPS who are, you know, maybe your, your hit scan or something like that to get a pick because you just pushed everyone out from behind a shield behind a resource shield or something like that. I actually, you know, maybe I'm crazy, but I was like, I kind of like that. Um, I can't remember that there were a few other ones that I, I read and I was like, these seem like they could be a lot of fun. Um, now there's, well, there was a suggestion on Winston that I'd read that his jetpack should uh, apply a burn effect yeah. similar to dynamite yeah uh, not to the same effect mm-hmm. but like if you were to go in and jump away mm-hmm. there are heroes that may not wish to go and engage totally too closely because they know you're going to go and that may be the difference between you know survivability but mm-hmm. but I, I i like the creativity that's taking place Definitely. yeah within that experimental card i mean this this feels to me what experimental should have always been about yeah not not just testing. I think they kind of got in a habit of it was basically like a, a I don't know, a pre-live environment. <laughs> it was yeah. basically the only things that really made it to experimental were probably going to be put into the live game. And there were certainly exceptions to that where they didn't make it in and they didn't stand a chance of making it in. Um, but I, I agree. I think this should be a little more off the wall than it usually is. I don't know. I'm I'm literally looking at some of them right now and like, for Anna, they gave her um, the ability. So if you um, sleep dart an enemy and that target gets killed, then your cooldown is up. Get your dart back. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I think that's great because you know what that does? That encourages team play. That encourages your team to also focus on the same target that you have now slept rather than simply using sleep as more of a crowd control, right? More of a, oh, someone's annoying us. Let's put them to sleep for a couple seconds so we can do something else. And if you watch, you know, the pros play, that's what they do. When Ana sleeps someone, they jump on that target. You know, they focus fire that person down for the most part. Um, right. Unless it's someone in your backline or whatever like that. So I think some of these definitely kind of make sense. I, I was also just looking and it's actually sort of Baptiste and Winston are the two that I kind of combined with my ideas about the jetpack because... Baptiste now exo boots deal 40 damage to player to enemies within four meters upon landing applied to Baptiste. I think that seems a little weird. Like sure. He's got big stompy boots, but like him landing his boots hurts people that kind of 
weirds me out a little bit, but you know, doing damage within a radius, that's kind of where I extrapolated the, the Winston takeoff. Burst. It's like a big fart. <laughs> yeah. Which, which for Baptiste, it's kind of like <laughs> what, but for Winston, I think it totally makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, I actually like a fair number of these. Yeah. I, something needs to be said also about the fact that this is like actual new content that we just gotten out of nowhere. That is not just like, you know, the cycle of, of events and skins. So mm-hmm. I think well, super sp- spoke a little bit about this. Like this is what mm-hmm. we need for overwatch. It's like on life support and it's really nice that something is at least going on. Mm-hmm. Well, I an asterisk to the new content. We're that desperate for new content that we're using this as new content. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with the well, point. Like the game itself, it's some resources that were put into Overwatch to to do yeah. something novel with it. So, yeah, and that, that that's why I want. I would love to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys see the video that the Score Esports did on the state of Overwatch? I did no, not. No, I haven't watched that. So um, TLDR, and it's it is a clickbait title. It's essentially <laughs> under the "What did Blizzard do to kill the game?" Um, it the game itself is not dead because they even concede at the end of all of it, the casual player base is significant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But from a competitive space, the game is in a weird state, and a lot of what they essentially go on and, and suggest is that uh, both Blizzard or ATBI. And then the sort of game and development cycle have killed itself. Right. Like they've done themselves a disservice in how they've left the state of the game as they're looking to develop it. Another title that's now just been delayed upon delayed. They've created a, what will possibly be a multi-tier competitive scene. One of which will play on a platform that no one else will have access to. And in turn, hype a game that even your casual players can't touch. So it's, it's a weird state, Mm -hmm. but the thing that I feel that sometimes blizzard has failed to recognize is that the casual player base is what ultimately needs to be their foundation. I understand there's a push to competitive and I understand that with the overwatch league, what we talk about, it is a competitive scene that needs to be healthy. And there are many problems that they need to sort out there. Mm Mm-hmm. But you don't have a competitive scene unless your casual scene is strong. Mm-hmm. And I think that the game had gotten to the point where they're trying to balance casual with competitive, which will never work. And they almost need to have almost two different pathways. Like competitive balance changes should not be applied to the casual balance. And you would think that's something they learned from Hero Pools version one, right? where they were they were introducing hero pools and they said yeah it's not going to apply to all ranked mode or um all levels of ranked but we're going to apply it to uh whatever sr and everything maybe i'm maybe i'm mixing this up maybe it was applied to all uh levels well, hero pools were they were applied all from yeah from the get-go. so it was all in the first season then they came back and they reevaluated it and they said okay look this doesn't really make sense for the majority of competitive and they, I think they only applied it to the Overwatch League at that point. So that made a lot more sense because you're right. Even, even the highest level of casual competitive player probably doesn't want anything to do that. Do with that. They want to play the characters they want to play. They don't want to be locked out. Why are they playing? Yeah, and that, that was a, right. That was the thing. Like on the casual side, like the number of times people are like let's play goats. 
oh yeah, because just playing goats yeah. means you're good at it. Not at all. There's far, far too much coordination that's required. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to suggest that there wasn't a balance issue. Um, like I play Mr. Heroes all the time. And the moment one team gets a goats lineup. <laughs> yep. Right. It, it's, it's definitively different, but that's not necessarily based on the coordination. That's based on a lot of the balance, the way it's swung. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel they sort of need two different balance paths. But I mean, what am I talking about at this point? Overwatch two is going to then reintroduce balance on a new scale. When you completely remove one hero, one tank, and then we'll have to rework others to, to work around that new, whatever meta will be. Mm-hmm. So if, if you'll allow me to get on a soapbox for a moment here, I've been stewing on overwatch two recently. And just trying to figure out what's going on, what's happened, what they could potentially do to fix some of the issues that they currently have in terms of perception, in terms of, you know, PR, in terms of everything that we know and don't know. And I've settled on the fact, and I'm going to draw a parallel here, that Blizzard, and I don't know if he's looking or anything like this. But I think Blizzard needs to poach Joseph Staten from 343 Industries. This is the developer of Halo Infinite. Now, Joseph Staten, I'm going to give you a little bit of a timeline here. Joseph Staten worked on the original Halo trilogy, which for the most part, I think Halo 1, 2, and 3 were pretty well received. Pretty, pretty, you know, big games when it comes to the Xbox ecosystem. Joseph Staten leaves, whatever, a couple more Halo games come out. Then Halo Infinite was in production. It was announced. It was shown off. And things were not looking so great originally. And they had, I think, four months before the game was supposed to come out. August 26th, 2020, Joseph Staten rejoins the Halo Infinite team. And let's see, August, September, October, November, three months later. Um. Wait, maybe a a, a year later, Halo Infinite developers used one year. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I'm all over the place here. They delayed the game after he joined the team. And now we have Halo Infinite multiplayer coming out. We have the game launching officially tomorrow. And for all intents and purposes, all of the reviews and all of the talk about Halo Infinite is that this game is great. I think Joseph Staten came in as some form, I think his title is project lead, product lead. He came in and I think he basically looked at everything, put his project manager hat on and said, we need to fix some things here. And then you saw a big focus on the multiplayer, which is a huge part of what the fan base wanted. You saw multiple, very successful beta test flights that again, I think very positively received. You saw some bad news, like uh, split, sc- split screen co-op not coming with the game's launch. They announced it'll be six months after the game launches. But if you look at this sort of pattern of things, it's very much the team suddenly managed to sort of segregate the different parts of the game, prioritize different parts of the game, and now you see things coming out in a relatively successful manner. I kind of think that's what Blizzard needs to do. They need to figure out what's the priority 
focus on making that great. Everything else can fall in line. Yes, you might have more than one priority, but if they could really truly say, okay, we're going to focus on the PVP side of things so we can deliver that product as great as it can be, maybe there are some areas we need to take out. So yeah, you're probably still going to want to launch with the single player because they've already made such a big focus on that. But that doesn't mean you can't have public tests and things of the multiplayer before that. Maybe there are certain sections of the single player that you do need to push back to delay. Maybe they're trying to put split screen co-op in. Maybe they need to say, okay, you know what? We're going to bump that down the road. Ultimately, you saw Halo Infinite and the team being very transparent with everything that was going on and very much giving timelines, communicating to the audience. And prior to Joseph Staten, I don't think you saw a lot of that. So I very much think he had a huge impact on the game and he was really able to look at it from a very high level and say, here's how we deliver a product that turns out great. And I think that's what Blizzard needs to do. Maybe they don't need to poach this guy directly, but they need to get someone who can look at it from that standpoint and who can do that. And they need to give them the opportunity to do that. Yeah, there's Not there's this to... guy, Jeff Kaplan, I think. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and maybe Jeff was pushing that. And maybe it's Activision above them that was saying, yeah. no, you can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, not to kick the soapbox from underneath your feet. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know specifically his role with three, 343 as it exists within Halo and Infinity right now. Mm-hmm. But Satin was a creative guy. He was story. Mm-hmm. Like that was sort of where he built himself up yeah. um, within Bungie. And if there's something that you can speak to, it's the story within the Halo universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Bungie left, which completely off the rails, the story of Bungie leaving its partnership with Microsoft mm-hmm. is an interesting one because history repeats itself when they in turn leave Activision. Mm-hmm. But he was story. And I, from what I understood, he came back and helped sort of redefine the creative side and the, the, the essentially campaign that we're going to see when it launches. Right. Um, he may have been involved in the creative for everything else too. That part, I don't know. I'm not so certain that's the guy that you need for Overwatch 2, but I think your points are very salient. They need someone who has the clearing to go in and reevaluate what priorities yeah. will be but I think therein lay a problem. Activision is going to have a, a shareholder group that wants X. And then a further complication is the fact that if choices get to be made, they're going to put off the campaign and the story mode. They will focus on competitive. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I, I genuinely feel the game is at such a state that if they go and try to publish Overwatch 2 as a new game and it's just competitive, mm-hmm. It fails. Yeah. There'll be a boost. People are going to buy it. They're going to play it, but then it's going to be like, oh, same old game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And, and, and I, I agree with that. I mean, the Joseph Staten thing is more sort of, that's what got the gears turning. Um, mm-hmm. If, if you'll allow it, um, I'll drop another podcast. Um, IGN has a podcast called IGN unfiltered where they often do like industry interviews and things like that. Um, and they, they did one with Joseph Staten and he talks a little bit about what happened with the old Halo or, or being with Bungie with him leaving and then him coming back and everything. 
Yeah. Um, so he, he talks a little bit about that and that's where a little bit of my thoughts around him particularly are coming from. You're right. I don't know that it's necessarily him, but the idea is, is exactly what you said. You know, it's essentially, they need someone to come in. They need someone to look at these core tenants of the game. They need someone who can prioritize, but they also need to allow them to do that. And that's one thing that Joseph Staten talks about is Microsoft from the get-go with Halo Infinite was very accommodating. And they were the ones who, when he went to them and said, we need to push this game back an entire year, they said, we'll do it, you know? And do we get that same kind of leeway from Activision Blizzard? No, probably not. In fact, like just going back to the off the rails moment, um, as the story goes, when the announcement was made um, that Microsoft and Bungie were going their separate ways, it was at the Bungie headquarters and uh, I can't remember what the, the VP at Microsoft's name was at the time, but he was present, thought to himself, because all the Bungie employees cheered. They were emphatic. They were excited. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. We're no longer going to have this anchor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, were we really that bad? Because right. all along this process, you know, Microsoft was accommodating. But at the end of the day, they needed to produce a, pro- a product. Mm-hmm. And there were creative conflicts pretty much all the time. Bungie wanted to do something different. Microsoft wanted more Halo. Mm-hmm. Right. That was, you know, a lot of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Bungie goes on its own, starts creating destiny. It's new thing. What it wanted to do is different. <laughs> they can't do it all on their own. Who comes knocking yeah. Activision will fund it. And suddenly Activision gets involved and problems ensue. What did Activision do? Activision told, well, we don't like the story. We don't like this. Um, how is this going to like, there were, there was so much sort of disruption that, when Destiny 1 launched, much of the, I think, clearing that Microsoft had provided Bungie mm-hmm. was gone. Yeah. And there are arguments that suggest the Destiny 2 game you get to play today is essentially what Des- what Bungie had wanted Destiny 1 to be. But right. Destiny 2 happened when Bungie said, peace be with you, Activision. Mm-hmm. And what happened when they left Activision? You know, some ways all the Bungie employees cheered. We're on our own. Let's go. Yeah. And I, I kind of think that there's this belief that somehow you have to be on your own to do it. I don't think that's the case. I think it has more to do with the culture that we see within ATVI. And you're right. I think Microsoft is a company that has the appetite to say, okay, we want it to be done well. We want it to be done right. Mm -hmm. And with Halo, they know they can't screw that up. That's their, that is their bread and butter exclusive. I mean, they have other exclusives, but that's the one Mm -hmm. they can't, they can't mail in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which they unfortunately, in some respects, have with previous titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I'm not obviously envious of the task that the Overwatch team has at hand, um, but I, I just, I just couldn't help but draw the parallels between, yeah. you know, this game that was shown off was in 2019, not super well received, um, and now is seemingly turned things around and. Some, someone or some people, cause I'm sure it's not all on one person comes in and writes the ship and you know, now we have a very successful launch. Why can't we see the same thing happen with blizzard? I'm sure we could, unless there are higher yeah. powers that are. Well, how many people have come and gone? Yeah, exactly. Right. Since Lots. Jeff has left, mm-hmm. we've seen a variety of people Lots. come and go. I think it was during our last recording omni linked to a tweet from someone as well yeah another big Art name director. That had left. yeah yeah um yeah. and just in the past few days even i've seen a number of uh 
number of people in not necessarily the, uh, you know, most significant roles, but I've seen a number yeah. more people even, you know, saying, you know what, I'm finally calling it quits and in no small part yeah. due to everything that's going on, but still. Yeah. And, and like, these are all just signs, right? We, we, a lot of thing floats up. Uh, a lot of things uh, give off bad vibes. It's like you're uh, sitting on your airplane waiting for it to take off and suddenly you see like a bolt falling off the wing or something is smoking before lift off. We don't even know how bad things are. And we, True. <laughs> here we are trying to like figure out what what we can do or what Blizzard should do. And, and I'm, I'm very uh, uh, feared. <laughs> for mm-hmm. what for what's uh, still in store for for this game well activision's currently dealing with issues with qa teams on the call of duty side yeah right where yeah. they like treyarch walked off their qa team at treyarch walked off um and like do I, you know why they walked off they walked off well, because there were some unexpected layoffs of some senior qa people as yes. well right like oh boy <laughs> this 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 corporate company doesn't seem to be doing anything right these days. No. And I like, it might not have any relationship to what we're seeing with, with overwatch and what we know of as the blizzard component of Activision blizzard. But the, the company has problems to use the analogy that Omni is discussing. We're sitting in the plane. We're watching the bolts come off the wing and we're also at the same time, seeing some of the flight attendants and maybe the pilots swapping in and out and there's different faces coming on and we haven't yet taken off. And we're kind of wondering like one, will we ever, and two, do we want to be in this plane when it does? Yeah. Right. We're just sitting Us there. Three, we're, we're that uh, band of uh, violin players on the Titanic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's just that it isn't an iceberg we're hitting. We're planning on going to Philadelphia, but we might find that we'll be suddenly headed to, to Korea instead. And when we get there, we're not allowed entry because we don't have the yeah. right visas. Yeah. Um, I remember I was actually just reminiscing how like after that first season, this time of year, there was so much optimism. Mm-hmm. We had like this, this phenomenal season. We had just come off of a BlizzCon where there was going to be this Overwatch 2 game. They showed us this very polished, I don't know what you call it now. Mm. We saw a, like a polished like campaign Spice mode. Of gameplay, yeah. Looked great. Right? Like It was like, oh my goodness, this is great. This is just so much yeah. wonderful. We had actual Obviously, people playing it too, like XQC, yeah. I remember, and Moon Moon was there as well, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, pandemic happens that obviously throws a wrench into everything yeah but then here we are now we're well as a podcast we ain't as high on the titans as we once were um thankfully we've got the toronto defiant doing the right things we've got a game that we think has got all sorts of problems and we genuinely worry about a company a developer that's behind this game that's got all sorts of problems that we are not at all happy Uh. I remember a time when we thought that this would be a short episode. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, an hour and two minutes ago. Approximately. Yeah. It, see, this is what happens when you just let me get in my soapbox. And then I encourage someone like Jordan to get on his soapbox. Omni, do you want, you want to turn? 
No, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll be happy with some soap and get a shower because uh, scheduling that has been really tough uh, <laughs> last week. Yeah, it's, uh, as, as you have to work around sleep. Yeah. Baby sleeps, that's when everything happens. Right. Because it doesn't happen any other time. Okay, no. But anywho, uh, probably a good sign to start wrapping things up. As I let off the show, our RSP Minecraft server is live. If you're interested in taking part in it, uh, it is a white listed server. So you just need to ping us, give us your details within RSP Discord, and uh, we'd be happy to, to get you in. Um, that's open to anyone within our community. Titans fans, Defiant fans, Overwatch League fans, fans of RSP, RSP stands, you name it. Um We've obviously got RSP Discord, discord.io slash readysetpwn. We're on Twitter at readysetpwn, TikTok, not yet. Facebook, facebook.com slash readysetpwn, and Instagram.com slash readysetpwn. I followed us. So, uh, oh, that's Sorry good. for interrupting. <laughs> no, that's, I did not know this because I don't pay attention to <laughs> um, But yeah, what final uh, words of wisdom do you all have this week? La, I'll do a poop, jo- a poop joke because of the baby uh, uh, mood and uh but, but poop jo- jokes aren't my favorite jokes, but they're a solid number two. <laughs> they're not always solid. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, they might not be number yet, two, but yet. they're not a solid number two. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, boy. Well, um, my my words of wisdom are not quite quite as good this week. <laughs> I was just going to say that sometimes the questions are complicated and the answers are simple. That's that's now making my obvious dad joke land a little bit different. <laughs> but um, why do Norwegians put barcodes on their battleships? Why? So they can Scandinavian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, that's pretty good that's pretty good yeah yeah so good. so i actually follow a a, a twitter account uh, uh called uh dad says jokes mm-hmm. um and they pump uh pump good ones out every every so often so i have to Ooh. that was the one that showed up uh earlier this afternoon uh, when i was putting my notes together so now Chris, you're aware that you don't have to like have an account on TikTok to view TikToks, correct? Yes. Because there's there's at least one account that I can think of that has some prime content, some prime dad jokes that I'll have to send you. And okay. and, and trust me, you'll uh, you'll probably want to steal a few of them for the show. Okay. I mean, I okay, I have my own TikTok. Oh, perfect, account. perfect. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm at the Light Force on TikTok because there's already a Light Force there. Oh darn. Oh wow! But uh, but no, I mean, send it my way. I absolutely, I need new material. But on behalf of Omni at Omnistrife, Jordan at Sir Doctor Jam, I am Chris at Lightforce. Signing off this episode with catchphrase. Thank you.